This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Marissa Lennox. Good afternoon. I am Marissa Lennox in for Libby Snymer. It's good to have you along. It is Free For All Friday, the day we talk about what you want to talk about. Don't be shy, folks, because otherwise you'll be stuck listening to me for an hour, and no one really wants that. Producer Justin doesn't want that. Duncan, our operator, he doesn't want that. I can see him right now. He's looking at me, okay? He doesn't want that, so don't spare them the torture. So please spare them the torture. Give me a call. I'll start by giving out the numbers. 416 Three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. I can see the calls lining up, but just a couple of things. There were a couple big stories this week. The biggest, I think, was the Pope's trip to Canada, and he came specifically to address the issue of reconciliation with Indigenous peoples and the issues arising from the Catholic Church's role in residential schools. Today is his last day, and so. As you reflect on his trip, does it leave you hopeful? How significant was it that he was here? What more needs to be done? I've seen mixed reactions, some who were very moved by his message, others who are frankly diametrically opposed to that perspective. So do you fall within one of the extremes or are you somewhere in the middle? I also want to talk about our farmers I saw a McDonald's truck pass me on the highway yesterday and it read, not without Canadian farmers. And I thought, isn't that true? We're seeing protests in Europe because of climate change policies, green policies that are impacting the business of farming. And some have speculated that that may erupt here too in light of news that broke that the feds were trying to cut down on the use of fertilizer. But cutting down on fertilizer will have a direct impact on food production. And so if you eat food, This story should be of interest to you because already inflation has caused food prices to skyrocket. But also, I think a lot of people don't really think about their food or where it comes from until there's a bit of a problem. So where do you stand in all this? I don't know if it makes sense to choke our supply before we see a reduction in inflation, but I do want to hear from you on that. I'll give the numbers out one more time and then we'll get to the lines. 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-744-740. Come on, people, call in. The first CETA in Mississauga. Hey there, you're on the line. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, you did. Thank you. Very good. How are you? Yes, thank you so much. You you did a great job filling a great big shoe this week. Big shoes to fill, that's for sure. And thank you. I appreciate that. Actually, I should say I have received some nice messages from people. I read all your emails and I'll try to get back to you as well. So, but thank you, Sita, for those kind words. Go ahead. Yes, it's honorable of the Pope. He kept his promise to the First Nation people to come to Canada and apologize to the survival of the residential school. But hopefully more can be done. Bring criminal charges to any of those people who commit these crimes if they're surviving and release some of the 
artifacts artifacts they have in storage and in any information. So they then then the First Nation people can find the strength to move forward and leave this horrible past behind. So you're feeling optimistic and hopeful about the Pope's yes. trip. Yes. And as you look forward, Sita, what do you what do you expect to happen? Are you are you optimistic too then that governments will follow through and that the Catholic Church will do the right thing? Yes. Good. Yes, they should. All right. Well very good. Glad to hear that. Thank you, Sita, for your phone call. Thank you so much. Take care. Yeah, I mean, that was a huge story this week. The Pope's also facing calls to renounce the doctrine of discovery, which is essentially this idea that, uh, you know, came back in the 15th century. It was born out of the Catholic Church, as I understand. If you found a piece of land, even if there were people living on it, indigenous people living on it, you could raise a flag and claim it as yours. Now, obviously, that isn't practiced today, but there have been calls for the Pope to renounce the doctrine. Is that even within uh, his power to do that? Um, and what difference would it make? But in some ways, I can see it being very symbolic to the indigenous people. And if that's the case, then that's an important goal. The other thing I want to talk about is the issue of Rogers communications. There were hearings this week looking into that outage. You know, this is a company that is looking to merge with one of its biggest competitors, Shaw. They've pushed back that deadline which buys them more time. And in light of all that backlash, but this push will likely increase the chances of that merger going through. Do you have concerns about that? Are you worried about there being less competition in the telemarket? Is there anyone out there that wants to see Rogers expand its power and reach? And if so, I want to hear from you. All right. Simone in Parkdale has Hi. called in. Hey, Simone, how are you? Hi, Marie. So thank you. I'm fine. Thanks. Um, just wanted to bring up the uh, uh, health care issues. Uh, you mentioned that the other day when you were speaking about the various subjects you're speaking about. And, uh, you know, I think we're listening too much to the activists, and I think we need to look at the European plans. Uh, whenever this comes up, you have the Sutherlands, you know, Kiefer, his mother, who's a daughter of Tommy Douglas, mm -hmm. who uh, came up with the health care plan that we have presently. Um, and they oppose it, of course, but they have money. They're, they don't live here anymore. And, uh, you know, if they had to have emergency surgery, you know, or some sort of surgery, you don't have to, the chapter, you know, that really are important, like orthopedics and things like that, they, they would be out of here in a New York minute. They wouldn't wait. They have the money. They have the money. That's, that's right. right. And, you know, so when people come here as celebrities and pose these things, I think that we need to say, uh, go back home, go back where you are, where you live, and we'll take care of it. I do find that people are very quick to defend the Canadian system because we are constantly comparing ourselves to the U.S. And I think basically uh, we are we we tend to lean towards the left a bit and the socialistic. And I think that because Tommy Douglas was with the NDP, the CCF, I think first um, he, you know, they want to keep that system because it's you know brought in by. Uh, socialist, and uh, we we're not, you know, we shouldn't be depending on socialism for our Medicare. It's not working uh, very well. People have to wait and wait, 
and and it's been you know way before the pandemic. So we need to look at the European which was uh, plans, which they're 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 fine with it. Well, and that's the promise of Medicare that it's universally accessible at all times, and we're not seeing that nowadays. No, that's right, we're not. I think we need um, you know there there's uh, they've made a. Um, uh, uh, you know the, the, the insurance of the two, the two, uh, two. Uh, what do they call it? Two, um, whatever. And, and you know, people who two tier, pardon, two, two tier. Uh, they made it into a dirty word, and it's not. It's working well in Europe, so we need to look at it again. I would agree with you. It's tough. That's a tough call. It's a tough conversation to have, too, because the fear, of course, is that the moment you introduce a two-tiered system, all the doctors will want to move to the private side because they'll be paid more. That's right. But I agree with you in that there's something wrong with our system. Oh, my gosh. We touched on it. That's well, right. Exactly. We touched on it earlier in the week. We saw um, just last weekend, there was the threat of Western Hospital, Toronto Western Hospital avoided an ER shutdown, but just narrowly oh, yeah. because of staff shortages. Right. And yeah. so the thing that always strikes me is Canada's healthcare system is the best in the world until you actually have to use it. And now we're seeing just ahead of the long weekend, they're making calls uh, to, you know, uh, saying things like, don't you know, careful this long weekend, because if you show up at one of the hospitals and there are staff shortages, you may not be treated. Is that happening in Europe? I haven't heard of it. And so it's the, you know, it's the, of course, I know there is short of staff, but the thing is that we've had these problems way before the pandemic, as I've mentioned, and we need to look at a better plan. They said apparently 14 hospitals are being impacted this weekend. So, you know, as I said, I think people are quick to defend the system because we're always comparing ourselves to the U.S. We're yeah. not as bad as them. Yeah. And uh, obviously in the United States, if maybe if you have insurance, the system's not so bad. But if you're without insurance, you can be in a bad situation. That's but true. something is broken here when ERs are shutting down or they're threatening closures. And by the way, this problem persisted before COVID. That's right. That's right. a long time. And uh, we have, as I said, the activists get uh, get going, and uh, then the uh, government get intimidated. And uh, I think we we really do need to make, uh, have somebody as strong enough to say, "Forget it. We're we're doing this. We're looking into this. We're going. We need a better plan." All right, Simone. Thank you for your phone call. And thank you very much. What do you guys think about our healthcare system? I do want to hear from you on it. You're. The most important people that we need to hear from on this healthcare system are you. Have you have you visited one of the hospitals recently? What was your experience like? Are you worried about visiting an Ontario hospital because of shutdowns of units, because of reduced beds? What do you think? Let's get another caller, Dennis in Brampton. Go ahead, Dennis. You're on the line. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, just picking up on last caller, uh, we have um, a revenue problem in our healthcare system. Ontario is the lowest per capita spending uh, in the country. And we are going to be facing with additional costs for long-term care. We're going to have to properly pay nurses and related staff, and that is going to take money. And the federal governments and the provincial governments are going to have to take a hard look at that 
And uh, it may require measures including and up to a health tax. People don't like paying, but mm. if you want services, you have to pay for it. Those are my comments. There are a lot of dollars that are poured into the healthcare system, but the provinces are asking for more money from the feds. What do you yep. think? And rightly so. They should increase the health transfers. A- absolutely. Mm. Well, I can tell you the Canadian healthcare system has a lot of dollars being poured into it. So it's not for lack of funding that we're here. I mean, I think the system might be more structural, but I do appreciate your call, Dennis. Yep, agreed. Okay, take care. All right, we've got another call. Boyd in Toronto, is that correct? You're on the line. You there? Boyd, are you there? Oh, we're having trouble getting a hold. I'll give her one. Hey, Boyd, you're on the air? Hello? Hey, Boyd, there you are. We were wondering where you were. Go ahead. Uh, What's your comment? Blake. Oh, Blake. Okay. Hi, Blake. Sorry about that. No problem. I have Uh, it written in my board board as Boyd. Is that your last name, maybe? No, no, no. It's Blake Acton, actually. I'm, uh, I'm a resident of Toronto, and I'm running for uh, to be mayor of Toronto. Oh, hey there. And uh, oh, hey there. So um, I, I was advised uh, by a friend who listens to your radio show all the time. He said, you know what? You should call in and speak to them there. They're, they're very, very, uh, uh, they, they, they speak the truth. And, and I think that's what's missing in Toronto right now. And, and, uh, and so uh, I'm a retired police officer. And, uh, you know, I've been advised by neighbors and and other uh, friends. They said you you got to run to be the mayor because this city is just filthy and the crime is running rampant. And uh, I said to my son, you know what? I'm retired. I'm going to run. I'm going to make this city a better place for all of us. Well, so, the election is fast approaching. It's in October. October 24th is the uh, the election date. So. How's the I'm, campaign going? It's going wonderful, actually. I, I can't believe the support. All through it, we've, we've uh, printed off hundreds and hundreds of, um, or thousands, sorry, thousands and thousands of flyers. And I'm meeting people all throughout the city. And people are just telling me they're fed up with the way the city's being run right now. They said, you know what? Our mayor, Tory, has, has been in power now for eight years. And he's advised that he has unfinished business. Well, I mean, come on. After eight years, you can't, you still have unfinished business. When does it stop? I mean, he wants another four. That's 12 years in office. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. As a taxpayer, we deserve better. And that's why I'm going to fight for the people of Toronto in order to, to get better. And uh, I'll work tirelessly to, to, uh, to clean up the streets, to reduce the crime. And to address the bike issues, I mean, there's gridlock all down Young Street and all these these main arteries. They have no business putting uh, bike lanes along there. We've got people backed up forever with the cars. And it's, uh, I don't know, at first it was supposed to be a pilot project. And then they just uh, slid it in and people are outraged, uh, especially along the Young Line towards St. Clair and, and Bloor. Well, give us your elevator pitch then, Blake, because you're speaking to a pretty large audience right now. What would you do if you became mayor? If I'm elected mayor on October the 24th, I am going to work closely with the the, the Toronto Police Service to reduce crime. I'm going to clean up this this city. 
the city's filthy. We're going to clean it up. We're going to have uh, we're going to have the employees that work for Toronto accountable. We want to, you know, the, the days of if you've got a job with the city, you, you, you basically have to to kill someone in order to lose your job. Well, that, no, that's not going to be the way. We want everybody. Do you mean corrupt or unclean when you say filthy? Well, you, you, I w- I would say filthy as in garbage all over the streets. Okay. All right. Um, uh, the streets, the parks are filthy. The you know you drive anywhere. You see, I, I get people telling me, and, and it's for anybody to look at. You can see that there's weeds, there's grass growing all over the place. There's garbage cans are kicked over. We've got uh, shelters in the city that are affecting communities and neighborhoods uh, in in both the Mount Pleasant and Eglinton area, and then also on the Esplanade. These people that, that, that are homeless, they need help. And they're not, a lot of them are not homeless. They have mental health issues, and they have to be addressed. They, I mean, we're not doing them any justice by just letting them uh, rot away in, in uh, uh, government uh, city, city uh, shelters with, with no uh, counselors that are there all the time. It's not fair to them, and it's not fair to the people to see them all over the streets. Um, and uh, it, 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 it's, it's turning into a San Francisco. Uh, we can't have that in the city. We, people have worked too hard and love the city too much to let it uh, become one big encampment. All right, Blake. Well, best of luck with your campaign, and I'm sure we'll be speaking with you again soon. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Thanks for your call. All right, before we go to break, let's get one more caller in here. Elaine, Elaine, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hi, nice job all week. I, I really liked how you filled in. Thank you, Elaine. That's very kind. I was a little nervous. It was my first time filling in some pretty big shoes. <laughs> well, apparently, first time is always a nervous situation. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, your comment? so first thing I'd like to say is that I was very um, hurt, not hurt. I was very insulted by what the Pope said. A couple of things. First of all, he said that there were Christians who did bad things. Well, Christians wouldn't do bad things. Maybe as Catholics, they did bad things. So I think that that made it very confusing for people to think that Christians would do bad things. And Christians have spent hundreds of years before the, uh, at the beginning of the Roman Empire there, uh, proving that they were doing good things and rescuing people from slavery and what all, and following what uh, Jesus said. So that was confusing to people. Christians wouldn't do those things. So I was a little bit taken aback by what he said. And then, as far as the surrender clause in the Williams Treaty and all the treaties, this has to be corrected. They have to take, the government has to take these clauses back and start from scratch, because for natives uh, and indigenous people to sign away all their rights, well, of course there's a problem with people not respecting and the women having trouble and the women being killed, because when you take away everyone's right to be a human being, you're just looked on. So that's what I would like to see the federal and provincial governments who, if they get the people off their land, it resorts to the federal and the provincial government. So, of course, that is why they're not doing good job keeping these people healthy 
and giving them good water. They're trying to drive them off their land so they can revert back to the federal government. So I like people to educate themselves on that and just look into it. Okay, Elaine, thank you for your call. There's no question uh, the Catholic Church's role in the residential schools is certainly a stain on its legacy. Uh, but I do have some hope after this church, uh, after this trip, rather, that uh, the Pope's words would speak to certain people. All right, we'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Marissa Lennox. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. It is the day that we talk about what you want to talk about, and I usually have a few things on my mind that I want to hear from you about. The first being, of course, a story that we've been talking about all morning and one that we touched on earlier in the week, uh, but has seen a development uh, which... has been in the news all day, and that is regarding hospitals and staff shortages. Just one headline read, Ontario hospital shutdown units reduced beds for long weekend. So don't get injured this weekend, folks. Try not to have a medical emergency, would you? Because apparently 14 hospitals are being impacted, likely more. Isn't that the promise of Medicare? I said that earlier that it's universally accessible regardless of financial ability or affordability. And when ERs are shutting down or threatening closures, there's something wrong. The other issue is, of course, you know, we are where we are because of burnout, because of low pay, extreme stress from the pandemic, extreme demands placed on healthcare workers in terms of what they are expected to do, i.e. manage more patients with less time. And so if you're seeing a doctor, let's say, who is burned out, how likely is it that they are in the right frame of mind to actually hear you? And I mean that with the most respect to our healthcare professionals, because this isn't their fault. But in order to really be present and attuned to someone else, you have to have it together yourself. So what do you think? Should we be doing more? What can we be doing more? I don't have all the solutions. I don't pretend to have all the solutions, but I'll put it to our callers. All right. The next from Elizabeth in Scarborough. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Oh, hi. I'm uh, calling with regards to the Pope's um, visit. Mm -hmm. And in particular with the um, last one in in Quebec at St. Anne's Basilica. Mm-hmm. I think that the demonstration they had inside the church was extremely disrespectful. And not just disrespectful to the Pope or to the church, but to God. Well, Elizabeth, that's just it, is there are people who uh, uh, fall within one of the extremes I mentioned earlier. There are those who were very moved by the Pope being here by his message. There were those that already had made up their mind before he arrived that they didn't want him to be here. And obviously, we live in a country where people have the right to protest. 
but I do understand the mixed reactions. I've been seeing it all week. Yeah, but the thing is that inside the church, why mass is going on? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got to pray for these people. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you, Elizabeth. Take care. Bye. Bye. We've had a lot of calls on the Pope today. Obviously, you know, this was the biggest story of the week, him coming to Canada to deal with the issue of reconciliation. And there doesn't seem to be a lot, uh, much consensus on what is needed to achieve reconciliation. Does that look like an apology for the, from the Pope? For some, this will be enough. For some, it will give hope. For others, they would like to see financial reparations, prosecutions for sex offenders, uh, the uh, rescinding of the doctrine of discovery. So I don't think anyone expected that this trip would be the end of that tumultuous relationship between the Catholic Church and indigenous peoples, but hopefully it is a step in the right direction. You know, one of the other issues that we've been hearing about again all week, and I mentioned it earlier, is Rogers. There were hearings this week looking into that outage. Were you impacted by that? And how do you feel about the fact that this company is looking to merge with Shaw? a major competitor. This would completely expand Rogers's power and its reach. I don't know how many customers are with Shaw, but if it's in the tens of thousands or the millions, hundreds of thousands, maybe the millions, maybe not quite millions, but could you imagine that many more people that would have been impacted by this outage? And so they're trying to merge with Shaw They've received a lot of pushback from the Competition Bureau on this, who are really digging their heels in because they don't want to see this go through. Reducing competition, what does that mean for the consumer, for the customer rather? Increased prices, of course. But they've pushed back the deadline for the merger, which buys them more time in light of all of the public backlash. And... I think that this pushing back of the deadline will increase. They have until the end of the year. I think it will increase their chances of this going through. Do you have concerns about that? Are you worried about less competition? I can tell you I am. Because when I lived in the U.S. for a period, I did a graduate program there. My cell phone bill was a fraction. I mean, easily a third of what it is I pay here. and. I chalk it up to competition in the marketplace. I actually have yet to meet someone who wants to see Rogers expand its power and its reach. If that is you, please call in. I want to hear from you. I'm going to give the numbers out one more time. We'll get back to the lines. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. All right, Rudy in Toronto. Oh, hi, Marissa. Hi, Rudy. Uh, Yes, uh, you were asking about uh, experiences at, at hospitals. Mm-hmm. I, I went to the hospital uh, uh, a week ago last Wednesday, and actually I was, uh, I, I think I strained, trained myself a little on the street, and I have a heart condition, so I was starting to feel chest pains and back pains, and I sat down on a bench, and uh, 
when I called 911, uh, I did get to put on hold for a while, but mm. uh, finally uh, uh, a fire truck came and a police car came and then an ambulance. So, I, uh, you know, I got well looked after even before I, I was taken um, to the hospital and I was given an ECG in the in the ambulance and then I was taken to Humber River Hospital. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it did take a long time to be seen. I, I was there, and, you know, this was in the late afternoon, and uh, I, I wasn't seen till uh, uh, almost midnight. Uh, um, and I, But I did get some uh, blood tests uh, taken and uh, more ECG and heart monitor. And uh, then I uh, got a, during the night, I got an X-ray and uh, even a COVID test. Uh, so... Uh, uh, but in the morning, the doctor gave me the diagnosis that it, everything seemed to be all right, that uh, I might have uh, just sprained some, some muscles around my chest, so they didn't see any evidence of uh, heart uh, damage. So uh, uh, I think that the, the service still was, was okay. It just t- took longer to get it. And actually, probably because there is a, maybe a shortage of nurses, sometimes when I'd, I'd been in, in the hospital before, uh, you know, you can see a nurse go, when you're in a room, like let me say, first I was uh, I was in the hallway. I had I had uh, you know I was hallway medicine till about about midnight or so, and then then I was put in a, in a room still in emergency. And you used to be able to see a nurse walking by, and you can call out, or they or else they give you a call bell. Uh, this time it took an awful long time to get any attention from the nurses. You know they just seemed so busy. They they didn't look inside any of the, of the rooms. They they just rushed past, and you couldn't get their attention. Okay, a couple of questions for you, Rudy. First of all, how long did it take, because I'm curious, for the ambulance to arrive? Um, it took about, about maybe about 20 minutes. Okay. In 20 minutes, which is a long time, actually. Well, I would think so, especially if you are concerned you're having a heart attack. Was that the case? Yes. Yeah. And thankfully, you weren't. Yeah. But once you arrived at the hospital... Um, you were likely sent to the emergency. And how long did you wait? You mentioned hallway medicine. That's a term we haven't heard in a while, but it's oh. still ongoing. Well, uh, I, I was uh, in the hallway for a while, and uh, when you're brought in by, by ambulance, the, the paramedics uh, talk to the nurse and give them all the information, so I don't didn't have to, to say anything to them uh, because I'd already told the paramedics uh, what was going on. They checked, had checked me with an ECG. Um, so, uh, like, I, I think it, it was maybe about, uh, five or five or six hours before, um, anyone came to talk to me, like anyone from the hospital. Were you on a stretcher in the hallway? Um, on, on, on a, no, it was, it was like a, like a bed. Okay. It was like a bed in, in the hallway. Yes. And there was, a, there were several other people lined up in, in beds in, in the hallway. Did anyone at any point ever say to you, were staff on, or were, were experiencing some staff shortages or anything like that? No, nobody said that. Okay. All right. Well, but generally you say a good experience, an okay experience. Yeah, I think it was, it was okay considering the, the situation, yeah. Well, I'm glad you were seen and that you got what you needed and that all is well, Rudy. Okay, thanks, Marissa. Thanks for your call. All right, let's get back to the lines. Kurt and Newmarket. Go ahead, Kurt. Yeah, I just want to say that I'm not worried about Shaw because it has no effect on us in, in Ontario as far as I can see. I would like to open up a market. I'd like to let, let the American companies come in and make it make it really competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, are, they, they, they would give them a run for their money. And Rogers is, is just uh, a monopoly. 
we need the Americans to come in and to give them competition. But you say you're not worried about Shaw, but you're also concerned no, about Rogers' have, monopoly. Have any effect on me because it's not it's not effective here. It's in British Columbia or it's it's out west. But wouldn't that increase Rogers' monopoly? Yes, it would. But I still would like to see the Americans come in because there's no competition in Ontario. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. But this merger creates less competition in Canada. I do agree with you. I'm not in in favor of it, but it's not the major thing. The major thing is we need to get the Americans as competition, I believe. That's a bigger challenge. That's the CRTC, I think. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of this. We have to change the CRTC. (laughs) We should not block the Americans from coming in. We need them. Well, it, that plus, I, I can't stress this enough. My phone bill when I lived in the United States for a period was about $40 a month. Compared to here, it's like three times the cost. It's much higher. It's because we don't have enough competition. All right, Kurt, thank you for your phone call. And thank you for listening. Take care. Gabriella in Richmond Hill, you're on the line. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I am the same concern that Jen just was on the phone. I agree with him. We need more competition. I don't care which where part of the world those people come, but Rogers become the big elephant in the room. I had a problem with my phone. My I have all the service with Rogers mm. and I'm not happy. The price is sky high, as you know. Everybody knows, but the service at the very, very lowest. Are you thinking about changing providers, Gabriella? Well, uh, change from where? Well, you could go, there are others. I mean, you could go yeah, to Bell, but, uh, tell us. They are not any better. Like, they all manipulate us in certain points. We want a better service for the money we pay them. And the government should do something about it to help the customer. Like, what we had at the beginning of this month, you know, this dropped our life. And I lost everything on my phone, my cell phone. Even a week later, I could not make a phone call overseas because they have a problem on the line. So what do I pay my phone for? Hmm. What do I pay my utility for, which I don't have the service? Did you receive your credit yet? No, I didn't receive anything. I received the bill, which I paid yesterday. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, they're collecting their point. They're collecting that's their dollars. That, that's what I'm saying. We need more competition. We need to stop this monopoly. That's the way I see it. Yep. Well, ain't that the truth. Gabriella, thank you for your phone call. Thank you. Have a wonderful, safe weekend, everybody. Take care. I couldn't agree more with the callers. It's interesting. I have yet to hear from someone who thinks this merger with Shaw is a good idea. If that's you, please call in. I need to hear why. Because from my perspective, and so far from the perspective of every caller, there isn't enough competition in the market. Why would we reduce that? All right, we're up against a break. We'll be right back on the other side. Don't go away. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Welcome back to the... Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Marissa Lennox. Whoops. Welcome back to that Free For All Friday. I am Marissa Lennox in for Libby Snymer today. Bob Comsick is in for Libby on Monday, and then she'll be back on Tuesday. 
It is the day that we talk about what it is you want to talk about, and we've got quite a few people lined up. But one thing I haven't heard from you on is the story about our farmers. This is a big story. The federal government is looking to reduce what they call a reduction in nitrous oxide emissions. It's a component of fertilizer by 30% because it's a greenhouse gas and it's contributing to climate change. But the farmers say that is not possible without reducing fertilizer use, which will have a direct impact on their yield. So why does all of this matter? Because if you eat food, that will impact you. That could decrease their output, which will drive up the price of food. Not to mention the potential for lost revenue for our farmers. So does it make sense for the federal government to follow through with this? Give me a call. Here are the numbers. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-744-740. Let's get to the lines. Norm in Niagara Falls, you're live. Go ahead. Okay. I don't want to talk about farms. I That's want to right. talk. I want to comment, uh, sorry, feedback on that woman a few calls ago, mm-hmm. Helen. Elaine. Uh, regarding uh, the protest at the church. That might not have been Elaine. I can't remember. All right, go ahead. I was formerly a Roman Catholic. And 10 years ago, I converted, and I'm happy I converted. I'm happy with my religion now. What did you convert to? Protestantism. Okay. Okay. But anyway, this uh, the idea that it's uh, disrespectful. Well, disrespectful to God. No, I don't think protest is disrespectful. Uh, uh, God is not surprised by anything that's happening now. He knew. He knows all. You know, like he knew what, what would happen uh, years ago. He knows what's coming in the future, and he knows what's going on now. Nothing is surprising. Okay. Uh, I just also want to comment on, uh, you know. This uh, government, the government issues or government in particular, I've become rather cynical of government because I can't, I don't really put stock into uh, what any of the governments say, like the federal, the provincial or the municipal. But uh, I don't own a home. I am not a customer of Rogers or Shaw. I'm satisfied with my phone service. And that's about it. All right, Norm. Thank you for your phone call. You're welcome. Andrea, you're live on the air. Go ahead. You there, Andrea? Yes. Hello. Hey there. How are you? Hi, Marissa. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Go ahead. Um, I'm calling about um, the, the Rogers uh, um, merging uh, of uh, with Shaw, and I, I totally don't want to see that happen. We need a lot more competition here. Um, uh, uh, their service is terrible. Their prices are too high. Um, I have to uh, share uh, uh, an experience of my own. I was working from home, uh, like a many, 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 many more others, and uh, I started having a lot of internet issues and telephone. My home line 
My home line is is my lifeline. I have a cell phone, but my phone line, uh, I live alone, and, and now I'm retired. And, and in, in case I have a fall or something and I can't find my cell phone mm-hmm. or it's not charged, that line on my on my kitchen uh, wall, that phone is my lifeline. So, uh, so during all the troubles I had, I had many technicians uh, visit my home during the pandemic, which I wasn't really comfortable with, but they had to help me with this internet and my phone issues. And then at one point. They had me uh, switch over to Ignite TV. Uh, they, they, they guaranteed me that this would solve all my problems. So uh, then the phone was was getting worse, uh, and you know the line was clicking and so on. It kept cutting out. So they said that that I would need an internet phone, which means the phone is plugged into the modem. Which means uh, if all the systems go down, I am at a, a total loss. My family does not live close. And in the event of an emergency, and I know they're working on uh, if there's a 911 issue that, that you dial it yep. and it'll go to any per other provider, uh, that's great. But if I need to inform a family member that I'm, I'm hurt or I need help, like, I, like there was a power outage, the phones all went out uh, in May prior to this recent uh, outage. My car was stuck in my garage. I could not get out. Uh, I, I needed help. And I couldn't reach a family member because I have everything with Rogers. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get, uh, it's called a legacy line, which is um, what I used to have, which is a phone. It's plugged right into the wall, like into your jack, and that will work if there's an outage. So now I'm have, they, they, they won't do this for me. So I'm, I'm fighting them on it. And I said, like, that is my lifeline. So if I can't get any help here, I may I may change providers to get that service. And it's very important to me. They offered to give me uh, more internet speed and more this, more that. I said, that, that doesn't yeah. help me. I need that legacy line back. You need to be reliable, and they're not. And that's why, you know what, Andrea, that's why a lot of people are diversifying their providers now, just yes. because if one goes out, then at least you have the other. All right, thank you for your phone call. Thank you. The next call comes from Bill in Toronto. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, those legacy lines, uh, they're going to become impossible to get because the legacy network's being uh, wound down and everything's going on to these cloud core networks. Yeah. So uh, that's a dying uh, business. They can't make a dollar off of it. But but, uh, I remember you when you used to interview Trudeau back uh, when he was first running. I loved uh, the way you uh, held that man to account. That was some good reporting. (laughs) Thank you. But anyways, I'm phoning in about the farmers. And, you know, we had Jerry Buss and uh, Dalton McGinty and uh, Wynn. And so they went and they uh, got their fingers into the hydro, green energy stuff. Mm-hmm. So they doubled our rate and uh, that became un- unaffordable. Now we got Trudeau. He's been shutting down pipelines, keeping our, uh, our fossil fuels in the ground. And our, our prices have basically doubled. Now it's a, it's a full on attack. They've got electricity. They've got oil. Now it's now it's our food they're after. You know, it's the exact same thing that's going on over in the Netherlands. Uh, they're shutting down capacity to produce food right at a time when Ukraine can ship wheat. Mm-hmm. So they're going to create a world food shortage, and it looks like the WEF along with Trudeau government and other governments around the world are out attacking farmers. So you reduce the fertilizer by 30%, you reduce the yield, because all you're going to do is cut down the supply, and you're going to drive the price through the roof. 
Well, you and know, Bill, you're you're a farmer, is that right? You're a farmer. No, I'm not a farmer. I'm oh. a telco guy. Okay. But, but what I'm saying is, uh, they're hitting us on all fronts here. You know, in order to save the planet, if it becomes to the point where we can't afford to live and we can't have a quality of life, what difference does it make about the planet? Well, and the big co- question is, you know, if, if at the very least you, if there are a lot of farmers who do concern, who are concerned about greenhouse gas emissions, but farmers, I mean, they have some of the best practices in the world. And on top of that, is this really the right time when inflation is so high that you would be going after the farmers? So I agree with you, Bill. Bad timing on the part of the government. I couldn't agree more. And I actually watched uh, an hour special on this with a a farmer. And he employs, I think they're called, I can't remember exactly the the term for it, but they study everything about the soil. They rotate the crops to regenerate the soil. They know when to fertilize, how much to put on. Do you think a a farmer is going to dump twice the fertilizer on a field that he has to? No, they want to save every buck they can. Mm -hmm. The less government we have, the better off we'll all be. Thanks, Bill, for your phone call. You know, there are a lot of technological solutions, too, to help with it. It's as if the government isn't aware of them. I do wonder. All right, Nick in Toronto, you're on the line. Go ahead. Nick, you there? Hello? Hi, Nick. You're You're live on the air. Yeah, hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Um, okay, what I want to talk about, it, I want to talk about the uh, tele- telephone bill, cell phone bill, and uh, the provide, what they provide for the money which we give to them. Uh, after 35 years, I went back to Europe, and uh, uh, it was amazing. What you are paying there is a five euro for uh, calling all over the country, and about 120 gig of data, and if you pay another uh, two euros, seven or eight euro, you can talk all over Europe, and you have about 300 uh, gig of data. Hmm. I don't know if they can do that. Why don't we? Because you know, it's it's here in North America. We are saying you know we are the best, but obviously on those things, you know, maybe they are the best to rip off the people. Well, and there's no reason to drive down their prices because they don't have to because there isn't enough competition. All right. Thanks, thanks, Nick, for your phone call. Let's get to Mike in Mississauga. Mike, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Mike, you there? Mike? I think I can hear you, Mike. Hi, thanks. Go ahead. Take my call. Yeah, my uh, talk about the telecommunications situation, my landline... I'm somebody that doesn't have a cell phone right now, so my landline just went up. I'm paying $41 a month for a phone that, that no one is ever home to, to, to listen to a ring. Mm-hmm. And the excuse on the telephone bill for, for Bell was that they need to improve their infrastructure. But I still see all the lines on the poles. They haven't changed the lines because I have telephone poles on my street. So for me, now I'm thinking I've got to get rid of my landline. So maybe I'll go to a cell phone, but now I'm hearing all these negative things about cell phones. So (laughs) so what do I do? I don't know what to do. I can tell you I don't have a landline. I only have a cell phone. I didn't feel like paying for both. But the good thing about uh, Rogers buying Shaw is that Shaw will now have to sell Freedom Mobile because I think they own it. Oh, is that is that the case? And and I think that because Shaw was because Rogers would eventually put up put up the prices on Freedom because I think they're supposed to be them and some other company are supposed to be the more economical rates. Yeah. Although the service may not be all throughout Ontario. Yeah. So for me, 
maybe it's a good thing and maybe I can still get a cheap cell phone for $35 a month. (laughs) Well, there's a silver lining. All right. Thanks, Mike, for your phone call. Brian, you are live on the air. Go ahead, Brian. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? No, I haven't talked to somebody on the phone for a long time like this, so just bear with me. (laughs) I was in touch with Rogers yesterday. I called their number, and it said they had so many calls I'd have to go on a waiting list. Mm. And uh, what I don't like about the telephone business is, and I think I've instructed companies, and a lot of them do it now, is when you phone the company and they say, oh, we're very busy, you'll have to wait. In Europe, they tell you, uh, how many people are in line before you, when you call them. So I say if everybody, when you phone a company and they say it's busy, they should, should, should say you only have to wait two minutes or you're sev- the seventh per- person in line. So you have some idea how long you wait. And I think some people have taken that on and done it. But I phoned Rogers. They said I was, they were very busy and that I would just have to wait on the phone. Well, that is ridiculous reply from Rogers, Mm. because you don't know how long you're going to wait. Mm -hmm. Now, I've complained to Rogers. You think you'd get Toronto, but you don't. I I got Rogers in another province a long way away, Hmm. and I talked to this guy, and I told him. He lowered my bill. So $160. $160. That's pretty high. He, he, he lowered it from 200, uh, close to 188 or something Yikes. to $160. I think. He, he knocked something like $30 off or something. Wow. That's an expensive thing. And I got the, re- the guy also told me I was going to get the rebate. So my next bill would be only $110. Yeah. Now, I did that because I'm a little bit kind of a person that doesn't take uh, uh, no for an answer. You know, when you phone these companies and they say we're busy, I try and get around their systems. And, and I get into the an area mm-hmm. where it was the media, and I got a number that I eventually kept looking, and eventually I think I may have it written down. But everybody in Rogers and Bell should get on the phone if you're not happy. And tell them, yep. if you don't lower my bill, I am getting off. I'm going to cancel it. Yep. yep. And if enough people said that, if enough people would say that, because I have a little uh, phone through TELUS, one of the old flip phones. Yep. It worked during that, the blackout. Oh, I well, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Because it wasn't on Rogers. All we right, are Brian. being in this in this country. Canadians better wake up, because the federal government uh, gave gave fourteen million dollars to a hockey league. I know. All right. For for sexual uh, abuse in their elite. All right, Brian, I got to cut you off because we're coming up against a hard break and we're a little bit off topic now. But thank you for your phone call. People are clearly outraged by this Rogers thing. So 
Nonetheless, that's it for us today. Thank you for being along this week. I had a great time. Hope you did too. We'll see you next time. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.